coming up next in The Ziggler Show. If something isn't working in my life right now, it means that there's something I don't know hmm. yet. It means there's something I don't know yet. It doesn't mean you'll never know it. It just means I don't know it yet. And if I go about it from that perspective, then I'm more open to learning. And then the other thing, which I said, which, you know, is similar to, to you, which is like, if there's something that I'm working on, like, let me hear resources from a bunch of people that claim to be experts in that field. And, and I'll cherry pick what feels right to me. And then notice what really doesn't feel right to me and why, because that might be the key too. You, if you look at every one of your goals or the habits in your life and you say, okay, what if, how could I go about doing this and making it more fun for myself or more playful or more joyful yeah. or having more of a sense of humor around it? And then you go from that way on how you write your goal and how you execute what you're doing, everything changes. Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. This podcast has a simple premise, and it's to take the age-old wisdom of self-help and personal development and break it down as to how it relates to our world today and us. Dig in more with each episode at kevinmiller.co. I'm back with actress and personal development leader, Brianna Brown Keen, and we walk through her personal habits for success. Brianna is a paid performer. So no matter what, she has to show up ready and able to act and look a certain way. Thus, in some aspects, her habits are more tangibly critical for her job. I mean, many of us can show up for a day of work and be a bit underperforming. But when you're literally on stage or camera, that's just not possible. So it makes her daily habits interesting. Of interest, today we had our live Zoom call in my Driven to Live community, and a member who is a pastor said when he first saw that my previous show with Brianna, episode 963, uh, was with her being an actress and not my usual personal development author, he said he almost skipped the show. But he listened and felt multiple things she shared were, as he put it, a valid sermon. And he's going to listen a second time. So this is why I had Brianna on the show. You can connect with her and check out her book, Manifesting Your Mission, at M-Y-M, like Manifesting Your Mission, com. And if you're new to Ziggler and are a coach or want to become one, let the Ziggler family empower you at Ziggler.com slash coach leadership program. And now I bring you Brianna Brown Keen. All right. I always enjoy uh, jumping off with this one sometimes as you look at just the daily habits, you know, the things that you're doing, the things that you're teaching in your book for folks to do in the past Let's say it doesn't have to be the past year, but the past, you know, recent time frame. What's a new habit, something that's changed, maybe one that you've added in, maybe one that you quit doing or one that you altered? It's so funny when people ask me, like, what do you do? I'm like, ah, I don't know, not that much. So not true. So not true. I'm sure. <laughs> Obviously, you true. wouldn't be where you are. So not true. I'm always tweaking and polishing. And, um, you know, like in the last year, I increased my water, right. Which seems simple, like a simple thing, but it actually can really create profound, um, results in your health and your energy. A lot of times people have a lot of health issues just because they're not drinking enough water. I also then took it up a notch to like alkaline water, um, not just always alkaline water, but alkaline and electrolyte water. Like, so I got, I went down the rabbit hole of water. Um, 
Another thing that I got uh, really into was um, this whole concept called um, earthing or grounding. Yeah. And, um, you know, that to be out in nature more and making sure I'm getting enough vitamin D um, on my skin from the sun and um, and even having a grounding mat, which is a whole thing and that, that um, I read about from, from Sleep Smarter, which is Sean Stevenson's book, yeah. uh, which really was like, oh, OK, that's really interesting. Um, I remember it was really profound for me when I learned that about sleep. I used to kind of be like, oh, just work, you know, work, 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 burn the candle at both ends and not realizing like the real necessity for sleep and enough sleep. Um, another thing that is a big one for me is actually like, I, I realized because I work with a functional doctor. So I, I get really specific testing done of my blood work of, for health reasons. And also just like to optimize my energy. And, um, realizing like, I don't have, I was low on protein. So like upping enough protein so that I was getting enough protein per day. And so I, I follow a nutritionist that I, that I, that I like, um, that I'm like, okay, this is how I can make that fun. Right. Like we talked about like, how do I make it fun? Okay. What kind of recipes can I learn? How can I make learning recipes fun? How can I make it not overwhelming that I always have to learn new recipes versus like, how do I do Like learn one new fun recipe, Per, um, per, you know, week or every time I go to the grocery store, pick up a vegetable, I don't know what it is and learn how to make something with it. Or um, how can I have my husband help sous chef while I make something and batch cook so I have enough food in the fridge to free, you know, like, like how do I just make it more fun? How do I play something that's interesting while I'm cooking? Um, how do I, you know, kind of like the mundane things like, okay, you have to do laundry or clean the house or like a lot of times I'll listen to a TED talk while I'm straightening up and putting my laundry away. Like, how do I make it more interesting for myself? Well, which Um, we talked about in the first show together, just in goals in general, we do, I think you said the ones, if they're not fun, we tend to not do them. So even this in the day-to-day habits, I appreciate that. So let me ask like specifically, you mentioned some in the health and wellness arena. So I usually ask people about, you know, kind of the diet and exercise regimes, but I like it in regards to you because you are paid to, well, paid to look certain ways. You may be paid to look overweight in one, you know, one role and not in another. So you're having to, it's a, it's a much more acute crucible for you in regards to, well, to your health. Cause it's not just, I mean, it is how you look to a degree, but as you know, I mean, your skin's going to look in regards to what you're putting into your body. So it's not just something that only your makeup artist can do. No, definitely not. And definitely not. You definitely have to be aware of like, what is it? What does it cause? And I've had cystic acne. So I have to be very careful. What I know that now to figure out like, what is that? Is it a hormone issue? Is it, you know, from medication? Is it from all, all these things like, you know, stress or you know, chocolate? Or, so you know, so share, share on that one. That's a, that somebody's going to hear this. It goes, yeah, I deal with that. So what did you find? What did you come to? Well, I think it's different for everybody because everybody's bodies are different, right? So I had actually found that through some hormones, through some medication, it actually messed with my hormones. So I had to go off that medication and I had to do a lot of different, um, and that was a whole process of like getting that out of my system. Um, and, uh, and then also like cleaning out my liver because I'd had so many medications that I'd had, Hmm. um, you know, but that was a different philosophy. So if I went to a dermatologist, or an esthetician, they weren't telling me to do that. But if I went to a nutritionist or functional doctor, they're like, oh, you, we got to like clean out certain organs. A lot of your gut microbiome, if your gut, you know, your gut microbiome's off, A, you can have anxiety, depression, yeah. uh, skin issues, also a whole host of issues, right? But, yeah. um, and that can be wrecked from just taking antibiotics and not 
re, you know, re like, what is it? Giving the, the right bacteria to your gut. Well, it's interesting. You're talking about the microbiome and you're talking about functional medicine. You don't even know this, but my listeners do. So in my other podcast, it's called uh-huh. the true, true life podcast. My co-host there is Dr. Randy James. He's a medical doctor and a functional medicine yeah. doctor. So we just did a show. I actually, I don't even know if it's come out yet on the gut and on microbiome. So what you're speaking to is is huge. They can go get a a resource on that. So specifically though, when we look at your, so tell me literally nutritionally, do you have any specific thing in this day and age, everybody wants the latest thing. Are you keto or you paleo or what do you ascribe to? Well, so I've done all the things, right. Aside from being like a liquidarian, (laughs) right. We only do liquids. Um, uh, you know, I've done basically everything over, you know, what I do now, because I work with a functional doctor is I know my blood work. So I know what I have food sensitivities to what I'm allergic to. And your food sensitivities can cause, again, issues with your microbiome and your gut. So there may be certain things that you, because you're eating too many of too much of it, um, it's you lost so you know right now you have a sensitivity for yeah. it. you got to be out for a while so it's it's more um specific than um an anti-inflammation diet which is basically like let's get rid of anything that could possibly that's you know the normal things that would inflame you and go off it for a while and then see what you know you what you're um allergic to or have um have more issues to this is more specific because it's dealing yeah. with your blood work um, so I can see that like, okay, this, this, and this is not, uh, working for my body right now, or, you know, for right now, dairy is not, dairy is not my friend, <laughs> you know, I'm not allergic to it, but it does cause inflammation in my body. Okay. Good to know. Or if I have gluten, I notice, oh, wow, I'm tired later. So I then, I then have a lot of different recipes and cookbooks from people who, um, who, you know, teach how to make really great recipes for people that suffer from autoimmune issues. Yeah. Um, my mom and my mom's side of the family go massively go autoimmune. So I know that's within my genetic, within my genetics, you know, I, ha- it doesn't necessarily mean I have an autoimmune disease, but you know, as epigenetics would say, I, I can trigger it if I don't do the right things. Um, so I pay attention to that. Um, I'm, I'm big into, I'm an athlete. I have to make it fun, right? If it's about losing weight and being skinny, I don't, that makes me angry. So I don't want to do that. So whether that's doing like, I'm going to do a half marathon, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to, um, have a running buddy. I'm going to do, you know, I go through different phases. So it's not always the same thing. Um, you know, what are your go-to exercise routines? Um, you know, I've had lots over the years, whether it's been Pilates or yoga, or I've done like a Barry's camp. Um, but right now I'm, I'm doing, I'm working out with a girlfriend of mine. Who's a trainer who, um, who I've known since I was like 19. Um, and she's really big into the, the, the fitness world. And she does a lot of heavier weights. And I've learned that heavier weights are actually better for women at, as they get older because of just bone density and, um, and you just have longer results and then also running, but a lot of interval running and yeah. how it's done very scientific and it's been fun. And then prior to that, I was doing a lot of body by Simone, which is like a dance cardio, lower weight, higher rep. And I was like, that was really fun. But then I started to get burned out on it over the pandemic. <laughs> you know, So like I get, I kind of like, okay, I'm ready to do something different, but it has to be fun. Otherwise I won't do it. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't enjoy it, I just won't do it. And, and also, you know, one of the things when I've coached with people is like, they're like, I want to lose weight. I'm going to wear out two to three times a week. I'm like, it's not enough. I <laughs> love you. Not enough. Like if you really want to lose weight, you have to like, it has to be a lot higher. You know, you have to work out a lot more than yeah. what you would 
like to what you're doing is maintaining. And so they're like, Oh no. I'm like, I know it sucks. Well, I appreciate but- you saying labeling yourself as an athlete. Uh, yeah. I, cause I, we did a show on that on why not, why would we not all want to say, Hey, I'm athletic. I do what, I don't care if it's badminton or racquetball yeah. or yeah, Pilates or whatever, but if it's something you do every day, there's an athletic ability or aspect to you. Why not claim yeah. that? Just like, I want to say also, I'm a cook. I mean, I don't just do it once in a while. I'm, I'm little, I'm a pretty good cook. I'm not a chef. It's not a professional yeah. thing, but you can be yeah. an athlete without being a paid professional. Yeah. Well, and I was an athlete, even though I was also an actress, I was, I played soccer. I was on track. I did cross country. Like I, um, you know, I run, I've run a marathon. I've run half marathons. Like I've done, I've done that. Um, so there is that athletic spirit and, you know, and even, and even focus and like with goal setting, it's like, I have an athletic, like, okay, this is the goal. This is how do we go after this? Oh, we didn't win the championship. Okay. Let's start again. Yeah. You mentioned sleep. So talk, that is one where I have been so grateful, whether it's in the, any, any high performing role, whether Mm -hmm. it's as an actress, as a business person, whatever, um, that sleep used to be, as you said, it was that thing of, oh man, I, you know, four hours, that's all I can afford my busy, my busy high profile schedule and whatnot. And we've seen that turn a lot. And if you're working with a functional doctor, of course, that's a big part of that where I'm always curious, literally, where do you average? What is your goal for, for quantity of sleep? And then how do you specific things you do for quality? Well, again, I learned a lot of stuff from that um, Sean Stevenson's book, so I don't want to claim like it was my expertise. But um, I, th- I thought it was really interesting that the, the key times to sleep, to have optimal sleep is around 10 p.m. to 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. So I was like, oh, you need to go to bed a lot earlier than you think to get opt- to get the most rest for your body. And that's, you know, uh, and also like keeping it cool enough in your house is a big thing um, for optimal sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, I use a weighted blanket just because there's, there's things about that that are supposed to be good for you. Um, magnesium is a great way to get to get better sleep before, you know, to help your body. And um, I also like I have essential oils that I use that, you know, like they're just things that I'm like, oh, I like this. And, you know, do I do I um, am I religious about it now? Like, but if it feels good to me that day, I'm going to do it. Okay, great. But I don't have a rigidity around it, but I try to generally go to sleep around 10 and get up at six. Um, sometimes I've gone through phases where I get up at five, you know, it depends on what, or with work, sometimes it's four. <laughs> it just kind of depends on what, what my schedule is. I mean, it's different cause I have a toddler. So I, I kind of <laughs> I have to adapt to the reality of him. Um, but I think that sleep is really good, but also things like self, certain self-care things like, I, you know, sauna, I'm a big into infrared sauna, um, hot, cold therapy, I think is really important. Um, I'm big into acupuncture. I'm, uh, they're, they're just different things that I, you know, if, if I'm out of alignment, you know, I'll get body work done. I'll get acupuncture done. I'll get Pilates, I'll do Pilates or I'll get a massage. So like, I'm, I know if my body gets out of whack, especially because I've had a back injury, like if it gets too out of whack, like I'm out. So I have to be diligent if it starts to get funky because I can't afford to be out for two weeks and walk around like I'm hobbling like an 80 year old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I can't. So I have to be careful about that because I, because I'm prone to back injury since I've, I injured my back when I was 19 and I was told I'd never run again. So, um, you know, and I, I healed three bulge discs. So I think that like 
you got to know your body and what you can and can't do and then how to recover from it. Yeah. Like, and I think that's where people can get tricky. It can get tricky for some people. Well, and again, we hit on recovery just overall, whether it's physically, mentally, whatnot in the first show too. I, I did want to ask about relationships because you mentioned it. I saw it in your book and it's acute to me because we had a show recently on, in essence, mastermind groups. We had a uh, Diane, uh, Glyer uh, Pavlak. She was on the show. She wrote about the Inklings. So C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and the power of that group and how they sewed into each other's work and lives and, and whatnot. And you talk about that in regards really even to digesting your book and, you know, find some people to do this with, to bounce things off of and wanted to ask how you have done that in your personal life with certain groups, social groups, friends, family, whatever, how that plays out. Well, I'm, I definitely am now at a point where it's like the litmus test of like, you know, you remember in chemistry, like, is this an acid or is this a base? Yeah. And it was red or, or blue. Yeah. Um, I definitely, if, if someone is not uplifting and inspiring to me, I don't spend time with them. Like if it's, if they're ne like, if it's, I mean, someone can be going through a hard time, of course, but for the most time, people that are within my inner circle, they're not indulging in it or they may be going through it, but they're still working to try and figure out how to do that, to work through the tragedy or whatever the thing is. Because I just, I, I can't be like, I, I used to be everyone's like <laughs> lifeline, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I and I was like, that's not good for me. And also it's it's codependent. It's a, it's not a good, like, this is not, this is not helping further what I want and it's holding me back and it's a form of self-sabotage. So I think that, um, that is a big thing. Like who are your inner circle? Like the, um, uh, who are your marble jar friends, which I, I yeah, grabbed. That, that's where you talked about, right. Yeah. Brene Brown's, yeah. um, courage. Uh, and, uh, so anyway, so, so the new Hollywood, I, you know, I, I kind of have handpicked people that are people that are wanting to work on their life and working through things and their artists. And we work through, you know, my guidebook and, um, we're just, we're in a dialogue. So if someone says, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a new functional doctor, a bunch of people will be able to chime in. Or if someone says, I'm, you know, I'm struggling with self-doubt and limiting beliefs or aging or whatever the thing is, right? Someone can say, oh, try this or try that. Or what about this? Or this is what worked for me. Or, and so there's a collaboration of saying like, even though you may be struggling in this thing, there are tools out there. And that is a big thing that I hit on in my guidebook, which is, and this is a belief that I, that I truly do have, which is if something isn't working in my life right now, it means that there's something I don't know hmm. yet. It means there's something I don't know yet. It doesn't mean you'll never know it. It just means I don't know it yet. And if I go about it from that perspective, then I'm more open to learning. And then the other thing, which I said, which you know, is similar to, to you, which is like, if there's something that I'm working on, like, let me hear resources from a bunch of people that claim to be experts in that field. And, and I'll cherry pick what feels right to me. And then notice what really doesn't feel right to me and why, because that might be the key too. You are listening to The Ziggler Show and my habits episode with actress Brianna Brown Keen. We'll be right back. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. And I, again, saw that in your book. There's so many people that you resource. And I also appreciated you saying that you're somewhat sensitive to giving credit where credit is due. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm, I have a, I was one of my biggest pet peeves. And when, pe yeah. when people like claim 
stuff as their own knowledge. And I'm like, that is Louise Hay. Exactly. That is so-and-so. Like, I know who that is sourced from. And you, I, and then on top of which, because I know so many people in the field, I'm like, I know you're not living that. <laughs> well, gosh, now that's a, that is a hard one there of, uh, yeah, I, I've been called a hypocrite more than once, um, admittedly. Uh, but yeah, with that, there's a, there's a best-selling book right now that it is, it's gold. I love it. I wish it was, I wish the author had resourced more people because he said some things like, dude, I know who that is. It just, I wish you to just put some credit in there. Um, again, it, yeah, it, it, I think it adds to our own credibility. And as Solomon said so long ago, there's nothing new under the sun. So I'm not trying to create, pretend like I've created something absolutely new. Well, and also one of the things that I, that I wrote in there is I believe in hearing things in stereo. So yeah. like if I say, yeah. this is my experience, this is what I've had, here's why I believe X, Y, Z. And then you say, okay, great, but that might not totally resonate with you or you're not ready to hear it yet. And, but if I say source this person, this person, this person, and this person, you're going to hear it in a, in a slightly different way. Or you might be, I've had people where they're like, they hated the intonation or the vibe of some person and, but love someone else, but they're saying the exact same thing. Totally. And I'm like, yeah, that is the exact same thing. So that's why I try to like reference things in stereo. I'm like, here's my experience. This is what I went through. This is what I believe. But for you, check out X, Y, Z. Yeah. And and then see what feels right to you. And I want folks to hear that because that, that is the opportunity for all of us who have a desire to influence others is you don't have to have something that is brand new, but it's your flavor, your take, and even just your personality. Cause somebody is going to want to hear their personal development or their whatever from the, you know, Ferrari thousand or, you know, $5,000 suit type person. Well, that's not me, obviously. And some people don't at all. And they want the, you know, the, the mountain athletic dude. Uh, and that's fine. That there is a place for each of us with oh. our voice. You talked about, you may, you just barely alluded to it. I think in our first show together of, I'm going to call it your morning routine, but I think you mentioned something yeah. about getting up and the things that you do. That is one that I'm so grateful. It is a more common topic than ever right now is that, and we've got some great people like Hal Elrod and Robin Sharma who talk about the, you know, the 5am club and the miracle morning and the morning routine. So you spoke about it. I want to know what yours is. Well, it's so funny. One of the women I was coaching was, she's like, I'm doing the 5am, you know, club. And I was like, great. And then after about a couple months, she's like, I hate it. I'm like, then let's adapt. <laughs> thank, thank you. Go there because I, I've hit on that so often. The point is to have these things done. Maybe 5am is technically the best one, but if you do any of those things at any time during the day, you're like in the 1% club. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm like, and it doesn't need to be perfect. Yeah. Progress is not perfection. So if we're going for perfection, we're always going to fail because there's always a standard that's beyond our ability. Right. But if we're going for progress yeah. that we can always win at. Um, so, so yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I've had a period of time where I woke up at 5am and then my circumstances change and now I don't, and that's okay. And that is okay. That was in that phase of that part of my life. And I may go back to it or may not. And, you know, I think also some people's ability to do certain things shifts as they have kids and kids of different ages, <laughs> you know, yeah. like my morning routine shifted dramatically when I had a baby, oh my gosh, uh, my it just had to. Um, so then how do I adjust it or how do I make it a mini meditation? Cause I can't do the exact amount of meditation. Like how do I adapt it or adapt to my kids waking me up early? Okay. So I can't do the thing or my spouse has to go to work. So now I, I, I can't get my meditation in. It's like, okay, well then what can you do? Well, I can do three deep breaths 
And I can say something I'm grateful for as I'm doing the dishes. And I can like, you know, try and be really present with my kid and put my phone down. So I'm not starting off my day on my phone. So I'm just starting off with like that and putting on music that's inspiring just to get me in a better headspace because I didn't get my 15 minutes of, you know, meditation to, you know, do my do my thing. So to start off my day, you know, I am routine is so important. And it's why I put in the guidebook, like even seasonally, like, what are you doing within your AM? Because sometimes it changes, um, and see what works like, Oh yeah, that thing I did in the fall really worked. Okay. Let me go back to that. You know? Um, but so right now, you know, I, I drink a lot of water when I first wake up. Uh, I, uh, probably like a big canister of water, but I'm not rigid about it. It's not like I have to get it done. It's just like, okay, that's kind of, that makes me feel good. I'm going to do that. I have a lot of like tinctures and herbs and things that I take first thing in the morning. I'm big onto my, uh, I take a protein shake first thing in the morning. Um, I have another one set up for later. Um, I, uh, well, and I'm doing that while I'm making my son's chocolate milk. Oh, right. Thank it's you for the quote, the, the air quotes. If you're not watching this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's like, I want chocolate milk. I'm like, uh-huh. It's a chocolate protein shake with greens powder in it. Beautiful. But, um, you know, uh, he, he loves it. I'm like, great. Um, you know, I will, um, you know, first thing, if I have time to meditate, if it's not whatever the circumstances that I mentioned, because I have a three and a half year old and yeah. sometimes it can be unpredictable. I do meditate. I'm really, I really love, um, Emily Fletcher's Ziva meditation. I think she's really hit the nail on the head with, um, how she goes about explaining it. Um, the science behind it, keeping it simple. Um, and in within that, there's also, um, a gratitude portion, um, and then a visualization portion, okay. which I, I really love. Um, I'm also a big believer in prayer. So I then will use, will often pray, you know, uh, after my meditation and go off in my day. And when I get to do that, I'm like humming, <laughs> you know, um, I, uh, in the mornings, I also, like I said, I'll try and put on music that feels good for the house or essential oils to feel, you know, like an diffuser, you know, but again, it depends on the time. If I have time, if I don't have the right. time, I adapt. And so I'm big on like set, you know, there has to be fluidity within the rigidity. Because if it has to be, if it has to be perfect in order to, then there's, then you're always going to be frustrated because there's always unknown circumstances. Uh, my wife has said, you know, she loves the 80, 20 rule and doing the yeah. 80, 20 rule, maybe 80% of the time. So it's yeah, <laughs> even, even dietarily now, what she came yeah. up with or that I attribute to her was, cause we've gone through everything from, you know, vegan to different things. And she said, we're flexitarians. I, I, yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. I like that. I like um, that. Dr. Mark Hyman says uh, it's a, uh, it's um, uh, what is it called? Uh, pale, uh, um, it's a paleo and vegan. What is it? Pegan. Pegan. Yeah. Pegan. Yeah. Pegan. Yeah. Like, I was trying to come up with it too. It was Pegan. He's like, I'm Pegan. And he said it in jest, but, um, but also kind of not. And now, uh, no, I think it took, I think it kind of, yeah. I don't know, it went viral or whatever, but now I think it's become a thing. Cause yeah, yeah. I, obviously I know it. So yeah. yeah Pegan. That's what it was. That's what he, that's what he coined in his, uh, in his, you know, what, what the heck should I eat book? You mentioned uh, uh, tinctures and whatnot. I was going to ask because of your functional medicine connection, if there are any, because we talk about on my true life podcast, we talk about literally, you know, different nutritional supplements and, and things. Are there some that are kind of your mainstays? They are, but they're all through, um, they're all through the beehive of healing, which is Dr. Habib Sadeki. And he has, he has interesting labels for okay. <laughs> all of his doctors. There's a lot of herbs and, and, and whatnot based on just 
my blood work. Right. Um, but okay. I'm, you know, Parsley Health is a great place to go. Yeah. Um, if if people, you know, looking up any of the, as you know, you're well versed in the functional medicine if with your other podcast. But um, I literally was interviewed by Los Angeles uh, Times about um, holistic medicine just because I healed my back with um, holistic medicine. I've yeah. deal with skin things. I did with postnatal depletion, which is a whole thing. Yeah. If you're a woman and you are um, feeling low energy, like there's this great book by a functional uh, doctor called Postnatal Depletion. Hmm. not depression, depletion. And it talks about all the things that can happen when women don't replenish themselves after having a baby um, and often can, can result in chronic illness. So that's super fascinating to learn about. Um, and it can even happen up to 10 years postpartum. So, uh, so that was really interesting. And then, like I said, my, my back injury. So, yeah. so I've been really big and like dealing with all of those things along the way. And finding holistic ways uh, versus um, not, not, not negating all Western medicine, but um, I've often found that Western medicine has caused more problems down the line for me with, with um, just with residuals of yeah. medication. You speak in your personal story um, directly to and allude some to just your own spiritual journey within that. So is that a part of the, what are the, the daily, weekly habits that you invest in that area of your life? Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, every year I look at, I, I do the excavation through my guidebook to see what is it I need to deal with? Like last year I realized like, oh, I need to do, I need to do some forgiveness work. And I need to speak up and I need to set some boundaries with some people. And with that, there were certain people that I realized I needed to have a silent divorce from certain people I needed to have a real conversation with and certain people I needed to just say this relationship's no longer serving me. So, um, like doing that kind of work, I think is really important. Uh, and you know, for me, the spiritual work for me right now, it's a lot of forgiveness work, right. Mm -hmm. And forgiveness of like, like looking at certain things and saying, what can I forgive, forgive a lot of it forgive myself. Right. And that's a thing that I really learned is that often we get so mad at other people for certain things, but what we're often really mad about is that we allowed those things to happen in the first place. Right. So, um, so how do we forgive ourselves? How do we forgive ourselves for not taking better care of ourselves? Or how do we forgive ourselves for not like listening to our intuition or, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, for staying so long or not speaking up or whatever the thing was. So that, you know, there's a prayer of forgiveness that I'm, you know, right now I'm, I'm habitualizing each, each day to like, you know, kind of like get to do that and think about that releasing. And I do that after my meditation, um, or at night after I do some journaling. Um, but you know, I, I the, the other big way that I do s with spirituality is, um, is noticing my kismet moments. So I write them down, like when I notice coincidences, because I do believe that those are like whispers, you know, it's like the Celestine prophecy, like they're whispers of the divine saying like, you know, turn right, go here, like say this thing, uh, you know, be of value right now. Or, you know, <laughs> there was a thing where I was having an issue with boundaries and I was driving, I was being driven in New Orleans for a job and I was like, perseverating on this person I need to have this conversation with and they weren't respecting my boundaries and I hadn't really fully spoken up about them. And, but, you know, I was having this whole inner monologue. And as I was being driven to my hotel, there was a ginormous billboard that said boundaries. <laughs> Interesting. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Thank yeah. you. Yep. Thanks I got for the sign, God. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Got it. And like, you know, wrote it down. Just like, okay, yep. I really got to like, I got to address it. It's time. 
Um, you mentioned boundaries so many times, so I'm going to make a call out to uh, Nedra Glover Tawab. She has a book called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, and I had her on a show Gosh, this is 2022. It was sometime last year, 2021. But I have gone back into that at the guidance of my counselor who says that's one of my biggest problem areas is not setting boundaries. So it's one that I continue to grapple with. It's stupidly hard for me to do. And yet I have... Uh, I've learned it the hard way of not doing that. And so I, and, and so with that said that I really struggle for those of you who haven't listened to that show, you might check that one out because it would be a good show on boundaries from somebody who has none historically and is trying (laughs) to, um, but thanks for pointing that one out because yeah, it's one that I see us continually, I think in that as an, uh, you know, again, I'm going to say this as an aspiring person who really has a heart for trying to influence other people for the better and to serve them, that is not very conducive to boundaries, generally. Yeah, well, and it's also, it's like, how do you then not let their um, circumstances and their their lessons, right, whatever their pa- the patterns are working through at that point, abs- so that you're not absorbing it. And if you're yeah. empathic. Right. Like if you're a very sensitive, highly sensitive person, then I recommend um, Dr. Orloff's books. And she's a psychiatrist. She's an intuitive psychiatrist who talks specifically with empaths and empath survival guide. And um, she's another one as well. Or this. Yeah. The empath survival guide. It is lots of great just energetics for people who are very sensitive, highly sensitive people or people are empathic or intuitive. Um, but boundaries, you know, if you're not careful with boundaries, it can be because you're codependent, yeah. right? You, it's like, or you feel your sense of self comes from helping other people, but to your own detriment and then you're resentful. Yeah. So, um, have you and, been talking then, to my therapist actually? Maybe. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it did. She just, I mean, she just texted. No, yeah. She, thanks. Um, no, but, uh, you know, and that's a real, that's a real thing. That was a real thing for me too, is like honoring, like I would feel other people's what other people were going through and I would put what they needed over what I needed. Hmm. And so it took a while. And what I realized is I was betraying myself Yeah, because I was like, I'm now depleted in order to support you, but it, this isn't, this isn't reciprocal or you're not capable. And so I have to set really strong boundaries because this is draining. Yeah. And I can't then do my purpose because I'm trying to caretake for you. And, and, and what I also realized is that by not setting boundaries, what I was doing was, was enabling other people. Yeah. I was enabling them to stay small because I wasn't letting them hit their rock bottom. You are listening to The Ziggler Show and my habits episode with actress Brianna Brown Keen. We'll be right back. It's so interesting you pull that out because I've been fed some of this by my lead in it by my counselor. And yet it's not because I'm an empath. I am not sensitive to others' feelings, but I take responsibility for their outcomes to an unhealthy degree and to a point where, yeah, I don't have boundaries and I'm hurting myself by trying to help them. And and a lot of it's to feed my self-image, my own ego, Uh, which is associated with, I have to be Superman. So I'm not empathic. That's my wife does. I think a similar thing as an empath. I do it over here, trying to be Superman uh, with a God complex. And either way, we're hurting ourselves by trying to help others, which I'm often doing, still trying to feed my own baggage. So it's a big ball of wax there. But I also think that people like one of the things I wrote in there, I I'm only ready for something when I'm ready for it. 
Oh, I saw you wrote you know that in mean? your book. Yeah, it's like, in your book. It's like, yeah. I, it's like, I know that there's been things that I have gotten the right advice a decade ago. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. Or that book, I'm not ready for that book. <laughs> you know, or like, like, and then years later, I look at it, and I'm like, ah, now it all makes perfect sense. Yeah. But I wasn't ready to receive that information then. So I think it's hard because in, in the development thing, you, you're like, I know the fast track. Yeah. I know what would help you the fastest. And then you see the other person hit up on and, and skirt around or sort of do it and straddle something and say, and they're like, see, it doesn't work. You're like, no, dude, you're not doing it. You're yeah. not doing what, I, what I'm recommending, but it's only because they're not fully ready. Yeah, that was daunting, Brianna. Like so hard. <laughs> yeah, in writing my book and realizing how much knowledge I have from these people that I've had on the show and I've got such a wealth of knowledge and I've got it in this package that the you know publishers yeah. thinks is going to be great. And then I'm writing about it and real I'm kind of impressed with how much I know and then depressed with how much of it I have not done. Um, and not obviously I heard it. It's stuck there, not ready for it. And here I am back now looking at boundaries again, when I had Henry cloud on the show six years ago, uh, yeah. apparently I wasn't ready for it then. So yeah. Thank goodness for the timeline. All right. So here's one in your, in the first show we did together, I pulled out kind of your, uh, methodology of, you know, sprint, recover, play and rediscover. And we talked about that in the first show on the play aspect though. I told you don't give too much away cause I want to know about it here. Now I always land on this one. It's just interesting to me. I find that the people who are, I'm not going to even say the most well, I will say successful, but I'm going to say success in, in a deep, fulfilling sense of the way they haven't just achieved, uh, you know, stardom, but they're actually happy, fulfilled people have play. They do that. They make it a priority. It's not just a luxury. So to take that in there, I want to ask of some of the things that you do that are just for fun play. I mean, you said self-care, um, yeah, but the things we, we talked about it recently and it was the not inherently productive things possibly. Now we know it is productive for us, but the things that you do for fun, for play that are just for Brianna. You know, there, there's a lot of things like whether it's like quality time, like quality alone time, whether that's, um, uh, gosh, uh, you know, like I said, there's certain self-care things like you doing a sauna or, um, you know, even if it's something like taking a nap, taking a bath, taking an Epsom salt bath, taking, um, you know, going on a hike by myself. I mean, I've gone on several day just retreats by myself up north where I'm like, I got to get out of here. I need I need a few days away. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just going away. I just need to rest and sleep in and just do do me and not have to be caretaking for anybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously that can be more of a luxury, but I think like, even with partnership, like how do you make it fun? Um, whether it's as simple as like every night saying what you're grateful for, for each other and like really being, you know, in that. So you're, so you're building on that. Um, whether it's, um, having little vacations together. So it doesn't have to even, whether it's even, whether it's a staycation, but just so you're having time, um, you know, the simplicity of like a weekly date night and that's hard in a pandemic, but still, like yeah. now it's, everything's more opened up, but like how to do that. And, you know, I got to be really creative when, especially cause California was so locked down, like, all right, we're going for a drive. We're getting some sushi and we're going to go on a drive. We're going to go look out of view. We're going to eat sushi on it. You know, and we made it really fun. Like how do we make it fun? Especially when everything was locked up here yeah. um, or locked down here. But um, you know, so how to make all of those things fun for yourself and fun for your partner or fun for your family. Um, 
you know, something simple like meal prep. Like I was super resistant to meal prep. I was like, that's so annoying to me. I don't want to have to be that rigid. I don't like the idea of that. And then I suddenly realized like, well, then it come five o'clock. I'm like, well, what are we having for dinner? And now I'm having to expend all this energy trying to figure out, oh, I'm missing this ingredient. And so I realized it was a waste of my energy. Like I wasn't being effective with my time and my energy. And so I realized if I just take a little bit of time during the day when I'm not exhausted at night (laughs) um, and and I plan out what I'm going to have and I have all my groceries ready and I cook enough that I can batch cook and freeze half of whatever I'm making. um, And then I can delegate out like a little bit of, you know, if I need to do certain um, like sous chef stuff, whether that's like my husband or you know, if I have childcare to help at this, at the time, my kid's napping or whatever the thing is. Right. Um, or I can do it earlier. Um, but one of the things I did is I got a big wooden board so I can put what I'm having for the meals for the week really? to kind of make it fun. And then I put, I got us really, I got myself, my husband and my kid all really pretty aprons. And so they're hanging up. So it kind of became like a thing yeah. like, Oh, we're going to all make this thing together or I'm going to make it, let's put on our aprons. So my, you know, when my son wants to have you know, cookies. And again, air quotes, they're like made of almond flour and, yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, yeah. you know um, not that he doesn't eat normal food occasionally, but like for the most part, it's a very um, adapted, healthy version of it. You know, we're putting on his apron and we're making it together and, yeah. and, and I'm making a thing of it. So suddenly now I'm making it an experience or I'm making it like artistic. Um, I started watching chef's table, which I love. And I think is such a great show, um, or fat salt acid heat on Netflix. And it's just like, suddenly you're seeing it from a different viewpoint where it's not a have to, it's a get to, it's a a way of expression. It's a way of like being present, you know, listening to fun music. And I'm like, Oh, suddenly I'm making this thing that I can have a real resistance and anger about and making it fun. Um, the other one that's fun with food is if you have friends who are better at cooking than you have a little dinner party. Like where you, where you schedule like, Hey, will you teach me how to cook some food and we'll have a dinner party, you know? And so, and I did that one year, every month I did a different dinner party with different friends that were good cooks. And I, um, and I like would go around and to different friends and they taught me how to cook. I basically had like 12 cooking lessons from friends. So it's fun. So we right? can we can be apron pals. I, I'm I'm an apron guy. My kids love it because if if I've got an apron on, there's there's going to be good food. There's music. There's wine. I love the routine of it. Even the yeah. ritual. My brothers kind of got me onto that topic. The ritual of that. Mm-hmm. These in these fun, joyful rituals to bring in to something that would otherwise be drudgery. So I, I, I like your take on that. Even again, in the first show, you talking about the things that are fun are the things that we continue to do. And if it's not, we generally don't. So, um, this has been fun. I do think that like, just lastly, I do think it's like, if you, if you look at every one of your goals or the habits in your life and you say, okay, what if, how could I go about doing this and making it more fun for myself or more playful or more joyful or having more of a sense of humor around it. And then you go from that way on how you write your goal and how you execute what you're doing, everything changes. Yeah. Everything changes. There's a good, that's a, t- that's a good tagline. And maybe that's the title of the show right there. Um, <laughs> they, I, I do. I, I agree. We, as we talked about before, I'm learning not to take myself so seriously and to have fun, make the things fun. So yeah, thank you for bringing that in. I appreciate it. Thanks for the behind the scenes and just for being with me again, Brianna. Of course. Thank you. 
If you want to find Brianna Brown Keen in action, just search for her name and pull her up on the IMDb website. You'll find a long list of all her TV and movie roles. You can also connect with Brianna and check out her book, Manifesting Your Mission, at mym.briannabrownkeen.com. Coming up next in Ziegler Show 966, Tom Ziegler and I discuss what giving and serving really looks like. Should it deplete us? Should we be fully expending ourselves for other? Is that the valiant and heroic thing to do? And the concept, the perspective massively affects how we go about our service to others and how we end up ourselves as a result of it. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.